week we had our vacation Bible school, and of course we had our teen spec we often refer to as, and boy, just we had a number of teens there. And again, even though we weren't inviting our, uh, really, we weren't inviting our bus teens, we, you were either going to get brought in and dropped off, and uh, you know, just we weren't even asking our, our drive-in teens or the, the teens in our church to bring visitors and guests just because of what's been going on with the uh, virus and all of that stuff. But even so, we had uh, just under 30 young people that were meeting on a regular basis. And boy, I tell you what, what a great group that gathered together and just a, a, a really a wonderful week for them as well as our leaders. And uh, Brother Josh uh, did a great job this last week with those teenagers. And so he's going to speak for us today. I don't know what he's going to talk about or preach on, uh, but and I don't think it's anything he preached to them because, you know, like I say, uh, I'm sure it's something a little bit different, but that's all right. I don't know. Again, he may choose to do that, and that's all right. I was there on Monday night and got to preach, and then Thursday I went out and had an opportunity to listen to what was going on, and boy, that was good as well. They had a big old campfire out there, and uh, just it just was a lot of fun. You should have seen, I tell you what, you, what you should have seen is you should have seen the marshmallow um, stuffing contest. Yeah, I mean, it was ugly. I mean, it, it was amazing. It was, can you imagine 15 marshmallows, 19 marshmallows in your mouth at one time? I mean, full size. I'm not talking about those little ones. I'm not talking about like, you know, you, you sprinkle in your hot chocolate. I'm talking about the full size ones. It, I mean, it was, it was grotesque, to say the least. So anyway, uh, that's what youth directors have to deal with all the time. So I'm not sure what you're going to hear tonight, but anyway. Ah, man, that was disgusting. I'm glad I was reminded of that. Man, it was a good week uh, from start to finish. We had a blast. Vacation, Bible school, Teen Spectacular, and just a good opportunity. I'm thankful. I wasn't sure. I, I don't think anyone was sure uh, just a few months ago if that's something we were going to be able to do. And God has uh, he's taken care of us here at Community Baptist Temple, and we did. We had a blast. It, it was just what? Mr. Jurgen, it was a week ago today, Mr. Jurgen preached for us last Wednesday. He wasn't just skipping out of church, all right? He was with us. And he did a wonderful job, talked about consistency. It was a great message. Uh, spoke to each of us. Tonight, go to Psalm, Psalm 46. Psalm 46. I'm going to read through the first five verses of this chapter. And that's kind of where we'll stay this evening. We may jump around just a little bit, uh, but these five verses will be key, what we'll focus on. Psalm 46, as was mentioned to start the service, it has been just an absolutely beautiful week. What, going back an, exactly a week ago, I don't know if you made it out of here on time, it worked out perfect for us. Uh, we had just finished up, and talk about some rain. We got some serious rain out there. It was pretty fun. It was a little scary. Some of the kids got washed away. Uh, <laughs> But we were already into the pizza and pop, so we were good to go. Uh, but it has been gorgeous this week and again tonight. And uh, just, you don't need, I, I hate to say it this way, you don't need a sunshiny day to experience God in all of his glory. But to wake up and the sun is shining, or at least it's kind of coming up there and you see it, oh, it's just beautiful. It's amazing. I uh, got here a little early this morning and kind of walked the property. I knew I was going to preach, and I was just asking, Lord, just 
just give me what you want me to preach. Kind of had an idea. I already knew what I was going to preach, or at least what he had given me. And Lord, just help me. Be with me. And man, the sun shining, those blue skies. Oh, I love it. I love it. The last few evenings, I don't know if you've done it. I have. The last few evenings, around 8 o'clock or so, I sit down outside at the farm, my house, and I just I watch the cows out there. I listen to them. And, and right, at the, right on the porch... There's this big old bee. I don't know what it is. And about 8.45 every night, he comes flying around my head and flies right into this little hole, into this little chair we have on the porch. And about three nights in a row, I've watched this happen. I look at my watch. It's about 8.45. He comes flying in. I can set my watch by it, literally. It's amazing. And so I'm going to get out of here and get back there as quickly as possible to make sure that he's back home in time tonight by 8.45. That's curfew. Uh, so it is. It's, it's peaceful. It's relaxing. God is so good to us. God is so good. And I'm only reminded of that again as I read these verses. Psalm 46, verse number one. God is our refuge and strength. A very present help in trouble. Therefore will not we fear. Though the earth be removed, though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, there is a river, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. God is in the midst of her, she shall not be moved. God shall help her, and that right early. Father, we come to you. Lord, we are grateful uh, for this place. Thankful for the opportunity that we can gather together. Lord, not taking this time for granted. Uh, Lord, I ask that you would speak in and through me, that you would use me tonight in a great and mighty way, that we would uh, all come to a solid understanding of exactly what you have for us tonight, that we could... Take these truths from your word and apply them to our lives. Lord, I pray that you bless this evening and every listening ear. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Verse number one, by way of introduction, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. I don't want to sit here very long, but I, I lock in, I look at the last word of this verse, trouble. And as I said, I don't want to focus on it. I don't want to focus on the doom and gloom tonight. But I see a country that is in trouble. Unfortunately, I see a church. Not just Community Baptist Temple. I'm talking about churches across America that are in trouble tonight. Oh, I see families and homes that are in trouble. I see marriages that are in trouble. I see teenagers and children that are in trouble. You know what? Unfortunately, if we spend all of our time, if we spend our days zeroed in, looking at the news, mainstream media, we're sitting on our tablets, we've got our phones out, we are constantly reminded of how much trouble we are in. 
how bad it is this evening. And while I would not dispute, I wouldn't disagree with the fact that I do believe America, if we continue down this path, we are in trouble. No doubt. Clearly. Why? Why can I say that with confidence? Because what have we done? Who have we forsaken? We have forsaken God. We have left him in the dust. And because of that, our country is in danger. Our country is in trouble. To the marriage, to the husband and wife that says, we can do this on our own. I say, be careful. You are in trouble. You need God. Oh, we were reminded last week. I was. Sarah, the teenagers, we gathered and we saw a wonderful example. Mr. and Mrs. Yurigan faithfulness throughout the years and what a great message he preached and we were reminded and I told the teenagers listen you forsake God there's no doubt that Mr. and Mrs. Jurgen I don't mean to call you out tonight but I'm, it's fresh on my mind from last week I'm sure they went through some difficult stretches as we all have but let's stand firm let's remember this verse number one what does it say God is our refuge and Strength. I love this. I've got this circled in my Bible. A very present help in trouble. Amen. Very present. I'm talking this help is abundant. Amen. This help is available. It's applicable to right here, right now. You know, I've had conversations with people that say it just doesn't work anymore. I've had conversations even recently out door knocking People will say, there's not enough in here. It's outdated. We need something more, more details that apply to this day and age in which we live. It's all right here. Everything we need, the answers to all the questions are right here in this book. <laughs> God, our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Right here, right now. He is available. He is here for you in the midst of the storm. I don't care how bad it gets. He knows what you're going through. He is here for you. That's my God. That is our God. A very present help in trouble. Now, one thing must be noted. If we look at this, and again, by way of introduction, we see that he is our helper. He's our refuge and strength. But one thing that must not be overlooked in all of this, in our lives, in this church, our country, is this simple word, easy to say, another thing entirely to do, obedience. Obedience. He is there for us, and he will help us. It was just a few months ago. Macy had just learned to crawl, and it seems she just learned to crawl, and now she's jumping down steps and running and going crazy. That's how fast it's going. She had just learned to crawl, though, at this point, at this stage of the game. And so she would get down on all fours, and she was so intrigued by what she was now able to do, she failed many times to keep her eye on the prize, 
keep her eyes up and open. What she would do, and I'm not going to act it out for you, but she'd get down on all fours and she would bury her head looking at her knees, watching her hands move, and she would fly across the living room. She would run around or crawl around the room. And I remember one time in particular, I was watching her. I was just laughing. I was like, Sarah, look at this. This is hilarious. She's, and I was laughing And I was having a good old time watching her do this. She's so locked in on what she's doing, her hands moving. I almost didn't realize she was zeroed in on the corner of the metal bed frame. Very corner, sharp edge. She was headed right for it. It couldn't have been any more perfect. I'm telling you, dead center on that corner. And she's flying. (laughs) And she's, she's not thinking a thing of it. And I thought, oh, man, she's going to nail this thing. She's not stopping. She's focused on her knees, on her hands. And I said, Macy, stop. Just like that, she stopped. And I thought she hit it. I thought for sure she cracked it. But she had stopped as soon as I said, and she looked over and went, eh, and then kept going another way. She had no idea what just happened. Well, she didn't hit it, obviously. You know what happens to this book? This book turns into a bunch of rules and regulations. God's always telling me, don't do that and don't go here. Can you imagine Macy sits up? What's the big deal? Who are you? I'm just having fun. You were, but it was about to get ugly really quick. And from my vantage point, I saw something. I saw that you were in danger. And I told you to stop and I'm glad you obeyed, Macy. I'm really glad you obeyed. Would we be willing to obey? Oh, that we would be willing to obey. Understand that God sees things just a little different than we do. He sees it from a different angle. He understands what's around the corner. He knows what tomorrow brings. No, don't buy that. No, don't go here. That's why we pray. That's why we ask God to lead, guide and direct. Because he knows what we need. He knows where we're at. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Now, there is is confidence that comes with this verse. There is a confidence here that that I feel, that I read. And it, it, it takes me back. Go to Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 17. I love this. I feel like I could go to this portion of scripture in almost every message that I preach. I love David. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse number 33. I'm going to read 33 through verse 36. We know what's going on here, but I'm going to read it anyway. The Bible says, And Saul said to David, 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse number 33. And Saul said to David, Thou art not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for thou art but a youth, and he is a man of war from his youth. David said unto Saul, Thy servant kept his father's sheep, and there came a lion and a bear, took a lamb out of the flock. And I went out after him and smote him and delivered it out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by his beard and smote him and slew him. Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing he hath defied the armies 
of the living God. There's confidence here. God has helped David a time or two. He has given him strength, abilities, and David was there firsthand. He witnessed this. And here he is, he sees Goliath, this giant of a man, defying the armies of the living God, and he says, no, uh uh-uh. We can do this. And by we, I mean God. God can do this, and I'm along for the ride. How many times, how many times do you think David, the course of his life, because talk about trouble, David found himself in trouble time and time and time again. How many times do you think he saw Goliath in his mind? He was up against it, had nowhere to go. And he said, wait a second, I've been up against it before. <laughs> remember old Goliath? Right before he got to Goliath, he says, yeah, remember that bear? Remember that lion? That's a pretty bad dude right there. Lion coming at you? But he says, no, I've been there, and I've done that. I've seen what my God can do. I know what he's capable of. And you know, Community Baptist Temple, we've been there before, and it gets a little tough. The troubles come, and we can say with confidence, we can do this. I can make it. My God is able. That's my God. That's our God. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, will not we fear? David says, no, I'm not afraid of that giant. Uh Uh-uh, God is on my side. I'm nothing special, God is on my side. He's something special. He says, I'm not afraid, I will not fear. And we can stand with this, with this confidence. We can stand with this courage. Because God is on our side. God is here in this evil day in which we live. There is no need to fear. God is here. He is with us. He is able. Therefore, will not we fear? Though the earth be removed, though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled... Though the mountain shake with the swelling thereof? He says, no, I will not fear. Even though my world is falling apart, I will not be afraid. I will not fear. God is on my side. Everything I thought I could count on, everything I thought I could trust in, it's blown up, it's gone. I will not fear. I will not be afraid. I didn't see it coming. I had no idea caught me off guard. It didn't catch God off guard. I will not fear. Though the waters thereof roar, verse number three, and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof. You know, they say one of the scariest things that can happen if you're out in the wilderness, out in the wild, you're out camping or something, one of the scariest things, at least this is what Bear Grylls told me, Flash, flash flood. You can't plan. You can't prepare for it. It's just there. It's on top. You don't even know what's going on. It might happen in the middle of the night. You're there sleeping in the tent and washed away. You know what? Life hits us like that every once in a while. 
You don't see it coming and neither do I. How do you plan? How do you prepare? We put our faith, we put our trust in God. My strength, my refuge, a very present help. What a good God. Really, when I was reading chapter 46, I locked in on verse number four in this phrase, there is a river. Over and over again, we see in verse number two, verse number three, again, verse number three, I had read it there, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, there is a river, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God. Again, there is a river, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God. I want to think about this river. I want to think about these streams for just a moment. God is everything that we need. He is where we need him, when we need him. He is there for us. He'll never leave us nor forsake us. This is our God. And I want to think about that river for just a moment. Peaceful. Have you ever been out in the wilderness? Mentioned it a moment ago. Have you ever been maybe in the woods? Or maybe just by, by a creek? Or maybe a little pond? It's so peaceful. So relaxing. In the midst of the storm, we can have peace. In the midst of all the difficulties and the troubles we find ourselves in, our God is that peace. We must look to him. We must rely upon him. That is my God. Oh, I need him today. We need him today. Community Baptist Temple needs this one that we talk about. The one we supposedly pray to. How many times have we been guilty of just giving a public speech when we stand behind a pulpit like this and say we're praying? Are we praying? You ever pray in public and you think to yourself, what am I doing? I'm talking to the crowd. I'm not praying to God. It's too many times, unfortunately, we're playing a game. Now, let me look at this verse number four. There is a river, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God. Many times when I was young, I would, I looked forward to swimming in the summer. You know, you got an 85, 90 degree day. I want to jump in the pool. Or maybe you pull out the water balloons, have a water balloon fight. You got the squirt guns. I, I always wanted the biggest super soaker ever. <laughs> Going crazy. I love the water. It was fun. We would have fun as kids. And we would play in the water. Now, nothing wrong with that. But what if all I ever did from a childhood, from childhood to present day, current day, is just play with water? Water balloons. Squirt guns. Yeah, squirt guns. And I never used it. Listen, never drank it. Never washed anything. Never cleaned myself. Ugh, yuck, disgusting. There are some practical uses, things we do with water that are very important to our everyday lives. Now, we can have fun with water. We can enjoy the time in the summer. I was thinking about it today. 
you know, it, would, it wouldn't be good for me, right? Just like it's not good for the church. What has happened to the church? The church is for fun. Think about what the church is for in America today. What is the church all about? Not in what we preach or what we say or what the Bible even says, but in our world today, it's about entertainment, right? We want to be entertained, so we have our praise and worship teams. And they get up here and they do their thing. It's all about fun, excitement. Oh, what about, it, nothing wrong with fellowship. But you know, many times the church, it's just a support group, right? Now, we've got to be careful because if all it is is just for pleasure, if all it is is just for fun, enjoyment for me, me just taking it in, taking it in, I can get that somewhere else. I can. I can find those things in other places. And then all of a sudden, someone says, no more church. We can't have church right now. How much easier is it for me to say, okay, well, it's fine. I can find pleasure, I can find enjoyment somewhere else. I can get this, I can get that, some other avenue. I'm telling you tonight, we need the church. We need this right here. I'm telling you, if there's someone listening to me right now, and you haven't been in church in the last three months, I'm not mad at you. I am not mad at you. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. But I'm saying you got to be careful. I don't care if it's legitimate. You're struggling tonight. Perhaps it's a result of the virus. You say, I've really, literally not been in church in three months. I'm not mad at you. I'm not getting on you tonight. I'm saying be careful because this is very, very important. And unfortunately, that screen back there doesn't cut it. You and I... We all know this. We all know this to be true. You try to get this from a living room setting, from a TV screen or a tablet, it doesn't cut it. It doesn't work. We need this. There is a river. Oh, I'd go to the beach and we'd build our sand castles. And what I would do is dig, I would dig this deep hole in the front and then I would try to, I would, I would dig out along this line right here and then from that hole over here in the middle, I would dig another line over here. And then when the water would come up, it would filter down through, okay, these little streams that I made and try, I tried to get it out, get it out because I want to preserve, I want to save my, my castle when the high tide comes. That's what I would do. And can I tell you, from this river, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God. Those streams come filtering down through. And they come right down to where you and I live. God meets us right at our level. And he gives us everything we need. He's there for us. I'm talking about in the corner lot this morning. Just me and God. And it's just precious. It's amazing. I'm talking about at the secret place. At the house. It's just you and God and it's, it's marvelous. It's amazing. Shall make glad the city of God. We can have fun at church, but it's not all about fun. That's not what it's about. We are being filled. 
God has something for us. And our preacher, he's preaching faithfully, service in and service out. And there is something that you and I need, and we must come to church prepped, primed, and ready to go. We need this book. We need this place. We need each other. We need God. This is our God. God is our refuge and strength a very present help in trouble. Almost done. And I heard, about, I heard about a story a few years back. It's about an older gentleman. He lived way above an Austrian village. I love this story, especially in line with what I'm talking about tonight. This man was employed by that village. Okay, he had a job. His job description was keeper of the springs. Keeper of the spring. It was his job up in the mountains. He was just a forest dweller. He kind of kept to himself. He didn't see anybody else. He really didn't talk to anybody else. But faithfully, consistently, he just did his job. He kept the pools and the ponds free of debris, clean and clear, those ponds would stream down through that mountain and would flow through that village. There, the town council, they hired him on. We want you to be the keeper of the spring. Just keep them clear. Keep us safe and healthy. That was his job. Well, he did such a good job that 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 spring was crystal clear. Just a small little town the bottom of this mountainous range, and it was beautiful, amazing. The crystal clear spring, and there were the elegant, the beautiful, sometimes mean, swans just floating through. Natural irrigation funneling through, farmlands doing great, amazing, wonderful. Everything's perfect. You sit there in the restaurant in this little town, it, it was just picture perfect, something you would see in a magazine. And because of this, because of this, there were vacationers from all over, all around would come. They wanted to see this place. It was so peaceful. It was so relaxing, wonderful, amazing. Now, unfortunately, the town started to do so very well, so very wealthy, all the vacationers coming in, that the town council got together and they got a little greedy. It was budget meeting time and they went down through the list and they saw one name. And they thought, well, that's important. That's good. We need that. Yeah, that guy's fine. Keeper of the spring. Remember, it's been years now. He doesn't talk to anybody. He doesn't see anybody. Who's this keeper of the spring? Anyone know this guy? Who is he? We're paying him pretty good money. Does anyone even know if he's doing his job? I don't know. I don't know him. And the group unanimously voted, get rid of him. We don't need him. We don't need the keeper of the spring. We'll be just fine. And as the story goes, <laughs> a couple of weeks later, even a month later, nothing happened. Nothing changed. But fall came around, the leaves started to change, and they started dropping. 
And just as normal, twigs and branches would fall from the trees, and they started to clog up and to dam up those ponds, those little pools that would flow down that mountainside and, and feed that village. The water didn't flow as nice as it once did. Slowly but surely this took place. It started to happen. One day they woke up and some of the town's folks noticed that there was a yellowish-brownish tint to the water, to that what used to be perfect crystal clear stream. Eh, it's all right. Another week goes by and that yellowish-brownish tint was just dark and nasty. And beyond that, it started to smell. It wasn't smelling very good. It didn't look very nice. The swans had gone away, and so did all the vacationers. No one wanted anything to do with this. Disease started to set in on this little village. There was something nasty, something wrong. What's going on? It got worse and worse. The people started to cry out, what's happening? My children are sick. Remember this beautiful, peaceful little village. That council got together, and they said, I don't know if this is it or not. Coincidental, I'm not sure. But we got to go talk to that guy up in the mountains. I don't know what his name is, the keeper of the springs. We got to go talk to him. We got we to gotta find him. He, he was doing something. Whatever it was, it was working. We got to get up there. And they went off up that mountainside and they found him. There he was, little log cabin, all by himself on the porch. And they said, Sir, <laughs> we are, we're sorry. I know we let you go. We fired you. We got rid of you. But I'm telling you, we need your help. There's something wrong down there. Our kids, our children are getting sick. It's terrible. He said, I know what your problem is. Half a tree fell, clogged up that one. Deer died, laying in the creek bed over there. That's flowing down. That happened a while ago. I wanted to do something, but it wasn't my property. You told me I couldn't come near it anymore. I stayed away. And they said, you do what you got to do. Whatever it is, your back on will pay you whatever you want. We need you. And so we did. And slowly but surely, that beautiful spring came back. Just as strong, just as crystal clear as ever. You know, I believe in churches across America. I believe in homes and marriages across America. We have fired the keeper of the spring. We say, uh, what has America said? God, I don't need you. We've thrown the Bible out. No more prayer. Have we felt the effects? Yes, we have. Is America struggling today? Because I do believe we can point back to that moment when we said, God, I don't need you. Nope, not in our schools. Get out. Just as that little village started to feel it. Oh, we didn't feel it right away. But over time, you start to feel it. And we get sick. We're struggling. We're in trouble. Because we have fired the keeper of the springs. Oh, I trust and I pray that he is alive and well and he has full reign in your home, and in your life, because God is what we need. He's the only hope that we have. And time goes on, and everything is so beautiful. Everything is so amazing. We forget where it all came from. We forget where it started. We'll just keep on keeping on, and we'll just keep on having all the success we've, 
we ever had, we've ever, we've ever known. No, we need God. We need God. And until we realize that, until we can act on that, and it's not just words we say. We're so good at saying the right things. But can we prove to God, you are all I need? There is a river. It comes flowing down through. And he'll feed you. He'll give you everything that you need. He'll help you when you're in trouble. He will help you when you're struggling. He is there for you. Trust in him. Rely upon him. Obey him. This is the God that we serve. He does not want us to suffer. But sometimes that suffering is what we need to get back on track. How far will we have to go? How bad will the village have to get before we come crawling back and say, I need you, God. Oh, help me. We can't do this without you. Oh, there was a time when the pocketbook was full and everything was fine. But I didn't realize how big a part you played in this whole process. That's where the danger comes. This next generation Someone like me who grew up in a good Christian home, who had parents that were faithful to church, faithful to each other. And I say, this is just how it is. It's nice, right? This is great. No, something much more. And it goes much deeper. I need God. Community Baptist Temple needs God. America needs God. Will we admit it? Will we put pride aside and finally come crawling back as a nation? How bad must it get? God, we need you. God, we love you. Lord, we come to you now. Thank you for your presence and your working in our lives, all that we have to be thankful for. Lord, unfortunately... As humans, as sinners, it's easy for us to forget what we have and where it's come from, thinking somehow that we've played a part in this process. Lord, all we do is make mistakes. We continue to mess up. Lord, I pray that we would come back to you. We are longing for, we here at Community Baptist Temple are praying for crying out for revival here in America. Lord, America will not experience revival if we as individuals cannot figure it out. God, we need you. I need you. Thank you for this precious book and for the peaceful words, the encouraging words. Lord, we love you. In Jesus' name I pray. Let's all stand, every head bowed, every eye closed. The piano.